During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny's Pixar in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing all of the theatrically released Pixar movies. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Hello, everybody. The big dog, Kevin Coelho. Hey, good people at Pixar know how to get, make good movies, you know what I mean? <laughs> just keep banging them out. I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Christmas in April, Joey Noel? I know what you mean if I think you know what I mean. Wow, mm. things are getting crazy here. <laughs> Aren't they, producer slash seducer Nick Scarpino? Help <laughs> it, it just, it just cut off. It could not have been better oh, to no. say Nick just, make a oh, sound no. and then that face with no sound. He just goes, Done. <laughs> oh, that is the type of magic you can only get here on Kind of Funnies in Review, where we rank and review different movie franchises. Right now, we are doing Pixar in Review and Mortal Kombat in Review. You can get the show on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. If you want it as a podcast, just search for Kind of Funny Reviews, and we'll be right there for you. But if you want to get the show ad-free and be a Patreon producer. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like the nanobiologist and Tom Bach did. You are both appreciated so very, very much. Today, we are talking about Finding Nemo with a runtime of one hour and 40 minutes, released May 30th, 2003. Directed by Andrew Stanton, who was also the voice of Crush in this movie. That's pretty tubular. Oh, Crush the hmm. Turtle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his son, Squirt, was voiced by Nicholas Bird, who is the son of fellow Pixar director Brad Bird. Oh. Yeah. So cute. Well, dude. Adorable. Uh, Andrew Stanton also co-wrote and directed uh, and co-directed A Bug's Life. Uh, he directed Finding Nemo and the sequel Finding Dory. He directed Wally and the live-action film John Carter in 2012. <laughs> good movie. Which is not that bad. And, uh, Which is not, not that bad. Is it good? Is it good? Oh, dude, John Carter is yeah. one of those movies where, like, I watched it as a goof shit. one time, you know me, where I was yeah. like, you know, I always hope, I'm like, I hope I love this movie so that 10 years from now on a podcast, I can tell Tim that he needs to watch this movie, but not that bad. Not that bad of a movie. I remember thinking it was terrible. <laughs> you were. That was during your Ambolina stage where you, you hated everything. Really I hate the there, world. Andy. I hate yeah. everything but Skittles. He no, also, I just I, I just remember thinking, like, oh, the actor, what's his face? Taylor Kitsch. He's uh, not like Taylor Kitsch just not a leading guy. He's, he's just not a leading but guy. But I, I love want him because he's so him. good in Friday Night Lights. Yeah. He's getting a lot of things. He, he, he really tried Gambit? hard, though, Andy. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's Gambit, yep. And he was in the worst True Detective season, too. 
Oh, was, unfortunately, bad. with Vince So it's Klein. bad. I should well, going watch back Andy. to Andrew Stanton, uh, he also co-wrote all four Toy Story films and Monsters, Inc. So this motherfucker's a hit machine. Uh, music <laughs> in this one by, guys, what have we learned Rand- here? Randy Newman. Randy Newman. No, Thomas Newman. Uh, Thomas Newman is the youngest son of Martha Montgomery and composer Alfred Newman, who won the Academy Award for Best Original Score nine times. He's a member of the film scoring dynasty in Hollywood that includes his father, Alfred, older brother, David Newman, younger sister, Maria Newman, uncles, Lionel and Emil Newman, cousin, Randy Newman, and his first cousin once removed, Joey Newman. I didn't know how many Newmans there were, and I didn't know that they were a dynasty in film score. That is awesome. Here's the <laughs> real question. Are there more Newmans, Wahlbergs, or Skarsgards? That's the Newmans. real question. It sounds like Newmans. We have to ask. <laughs> it sounds like Newmans. We haven't gone yeah. into the cousins of the Wahlbergs. Apparently, if you're going to go cousins, there might be 400 Yeah, but Wahlbergs, like, I, they, they mentioned the cousins. Like, it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, when you look up the Wahlbergs, there's like four of them. Maybe three. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's fair. Nine. Remember? Nine Wahlbergs. Uh, but yeah, this guy, Thomas Newman, has Wahlbergs. scored numerous classics, including The Player, The Shawshank Redemption, oh, wow. Cinderella Shawshank Man, Redemption American Beauty, The Green Mile. It's like, oh, damn, damn. Oh, Finding Nemo, uh, Wally, the James Bond film Skyfall and Spectre, and Ooh. the war film 1917. So, Ooh. okay. That guy's really okay. good. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Budget of $94 million, a box office of $940.3 million, almost a billion dollars. (laughs) That's the power of Albert Brooks right there. (laughs) It's... Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Marlon, he uh, plays Marlon. Came... He's not the biggest Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, Andrew Stanton's the director. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, it became the highest grossing animated film uh, at the time of its release, and it was the second highest grossing film of 2003. Finding Nemo is the best-selling DVD title of all time. Yeah. Uh, with over 40 million copies sold. Still is? Still is, but that's wow. the D- DVD. Oh, my God. DVD. Uh, so that's just DVD. Mm. But uh, it is second of all time. If you count all home video releases, not including streaming, wow. physical home home so media like, releases. H- like VHS, Frozen Blu-ray, first? HD, yeah. DVD. Take a guess at what you guys think is number Frozen. one. I've Toy said it Story. before on this show. Toy Story 1. Lion King. It's Lion King. Oh, it's, it's Lion King. King. Yeah. It's Lion King. Jamie, you helped yeah. me out with it. You said it before. Yeah. Because Lion King had the VHS run of the place. Was it, <laughs> yeah. spe- was you know, it, was it one of the puffy, puffy VHSs? Oh, though? yeah. yeah. Puffy? Yeah, and those things. You can like throw, you can throw them at your grandma. She wouldn't get hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Andy, you're so funny. Plus. <laughs> you're so funny. You're always throwing things at me that are soft <laughs> like pillows. Um, and Finding Nemo won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, the first Pixar film to do so. Uh, it was also nominated in three more categories, including Best Original Screenplay. Joey, I want to start with you. What do you think about Finding Nemo? I didn't realize how I think that both Finding Nemo and Monsters Inc. came out at the perfect time <clears throat> for my life where they're just like just stuck in my subconscious. I didn't realize how many times I quoted things from this movie until I rewatched it of like he touched the butt and uh just keep swimming, which has kind of gotten overblown, but the uh today's the day, the tank is clean, like all of these things are just like little tidbits in my life that I didn't realize that I apparently had just really latched on to. Um, but I like this one. This is the first one, I think. I don't really remember the Toy Story ones as well. That starts with like, like gut-wrenching opening, and I feel like this is a turn for Dude, <laughs> the like Pixar this one movies. Up. It's like, go fuck yourself, people yeah. that made the first yeah. two about both those movies. Are you kidding me? 
Mm-hmm. Nick, but Nick, this one, your, this oh, sorry, keep going, Joy. Oh, no, I was just saying this one's super fun and I like it. Nick, what are oh, your thoughts? It's great. I mean, it's a classic. You know, you, you see this in movie theater, you're like, wow, this is this is really where you can take animation. Um, I remember I remember watching this being like, wow, like I these Pixar guys, they know what they're doing. <laughs> like these people know what they're doing, right? And, and, you know, watching it back with a slightly more critical eye, I'm actually very um, impressed by a, the sort of message behind the story and how it holds up, B, just the setup behind all of it and how they sort of see all that stuff in. They're very, very good at having that message and that theme go throughout the film like it should. And by the end, when they get to the part where he's like, where he's screaming at the fish to just keep swimming, I was like, damn, I, I don't think I caught that the first time. I, I, don't, I don't think I ever caught like how all that stuff kind of wove together perfectly to, to, to build up that one moment. Um, and then also just, come on, shout out to Willem Dafoe as Gil. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> Kev, what do you think? Bro, Willem Dafoe gives like one of his best performances. Like, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, they, he, comes in, he comes in at a hundred, a hundred, and holds it there the entire time. Like, I'm talking like Antichrist level. You know, the, the I don't know because if you ever like, saw that movie, but like, he's no, just right. giving it all and he's just committed to it. It's so good. Like, it What's almost that character, doesn't right? Fit. Yeah. And that character is perfect because the character's like, He's like playing the cool guy that's, that's like tried to escape. He's escaped from ten prisons and ten. You know what I mean? He's got that like he, they just whatever the direction was for him. He he clicked and was like, I got it, guys. Don't even worry about it. I'm gonna take this <laughs> to the next level. Yeah, uh, Andy, what about you? Oh, sorry, I, I, I cut Kevin off. No, I was just Kev? gonna say I, re- I really enjoyed it. Um, never realized that it was uh, Albert Brooks uh, that played Marlon because the voice sounds super memorable, but I don't know the hell Al- Al- Albert Brooks is. I always thought it was like a Billy Crystal or something, you know? So that's mm-hmm. this is weird where it's like that voice. I'm always like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. And it's like, nope, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I was with the Bugs that. Life. That's how I was with the Bugs oh, Life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Andy, go for it. Uh, loved it. Loved it. I, I mean, we just we just talked about off screen how that's probably going to be the story for a lot of these. These are all just really damn good movies. And with fun writing and great memorable characters they kind of just hit every beat that you need for a movie to be good um, and enjoyable and memorable. Um, and yeah, I love the cast. I, I love all the side characters, the emotional moments when they need to hit, they do, they know exactly it's, it's, it's like they're the Beatles writing pop songs, you know, Pixar, like they, they know what the chorus should be and mm-hmm. how the note change should be in the instrumental break and back into the chorus. Like they're just so damn good and so efficient and surgical with how they make these movies. Um, I had a blast. I I think it's like the first Pixar movie that really stunned me visually. Cause I saw it in theaters and it was kind of the first one where like, wow, the water looks amazing. And I feel like this is the one that really stepped up in visuals. Go ahead, Tim. Just a quick thing there for you, Andy. Pixar developed uh, water so realistic that they had to make it look more fake so people wouldn't think it was just real footage of the surface of the ocean. Wow. That's, That's, really, really, neat. Cool. Gosh. That's really neat. Yeah, I had a blast with it. Um, I'm, in- <laughs> I'm interested to see how these rankings go as we keep on going because it just feels like the most recent one we watched is going to be always t- <laughs> near the top and stuff. But I don't know. It- we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I had a blast with it. Um, I just think it's a damn good movie. Yeah, I mean, Pixar, 
they're just masters at what they do. And like every single time we watch one of these movies now, it's just like, oh my God, like how is this is a 10 out of 10. And how do you rank and compare 10 out of 10s? Like they're all so damn good. And so far, at least like they are all so damn good. Watching this one, they all have a timeless quality to it. But I think starting really with uh, Monsters, Inc. in terms of chr- chronology of release, they're timeless visually too. Like this one, Andy, you were saying like, it's, it's so beautiful looking. And I think that it's even a, like a step beyond that where it's like, there was no point of the movie that I was taking out. Like, Ooh, that doesn't look that great. Mm-hmm. Like right. the worst looking thing is Darla. She looks fine. She's supposed to look creepy yeah. and scary and fucked up. Uh, but the story of this movie is incredible. And every line of dialogue has a purpose and it, it all feeds into itself. Having the two storylines going on at the same time where every single set piece they get to has a memorable character they meet, has a memorable line, is funny, but ties in. And, and somehow the lines of him wanting to find out how old a, a sea turtle is comes back in the same way what Nick's talking about, about the, like, just push down and just keep swimming. Like, what both characters learn, what all the characters learn, has to kind of intermingle with each other. And it's just like, I get chills throughout the movie from lines of dialogue. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, it, it's, you know, it's so easy to, to be like, okay, well, the mom dies in the beginning, so it's sad, or even enough. It's like all this stuff. And, you know, saying it's easy is... Uh, the, an insult to what these people are creating. But it's like, I think that it's so cool when you get these emotions from moments that are earned from the movie, not just from you relating to someone's death or something like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, this movie really, really does it. The only thing that I have a criticism of, of this movie is the transitions between Nemo's storyline and Marlon's storyline are very, very weak. And I think that in Monsters, Inc., they were so good of having fun visual transitions and shit. Mm-hmm. And this, more often than not, it is just a fade. And, and it's like, yeah. oh, man, I feel like they could have done something that was a little bit more interesting and, and dynamic using the, the water and stuff. But again, that's the stupidest criticism for <laughs> a movie that is damn near perfect. I, yeah, I also think that the, the when the biggest part of your story relies on coincidence, that's also something that I kind of go like, ah, I wish there was another way and it wasn't just see creatures spreading the message of mm. what happened with Marlin, you know, like right. that, that being used as a plot device, whenever there is a, a message that's flowing in the wind and it lands at the perfect person's like foot, you know, doorstep or whatever moments like that in movies, I I'm never a huge fan of, but everything else is so goddamn good that I'm willing to be like, all right, it was, that scene was worth it <laughs> solely for the, the crap, the Boston crabs being like, yeah. And then this <laughs> fucking guy, he's walking in. Hey, what's going on, Tommy? <laughs> like, <laughs> when he says hi to the other lobster, I fucking die every time, dude. It's so good. Okay. So damn good. I say we just do it. Let's get into the plot. Ladies and gentlemen. Please tell us the story. Yeah, Nick, tell us the story. It's always going to be Toy Story, everybody. That was perfect. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off there, Andy. Uh, Finding Nemo, just keep swimming. We start off with Marlon and Coral, uh, who are clownfish, and one of them is about to die. (laughs) 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 Joey, he's not wrong. It's very sad. Not wrong, Yeah, but at least, like, ease us into it, Nick. This this whole part is just fucking... 
Yeah, it's the devil's work, this first part. Uh, they just moved into a new <laughs> house in a new neighborhood, which is awesome. Uh, they're in a place near something called the Drop-Off, which sounds terrible, but is apparently highly desirable in the fish world. Uh, they got a bunch of babies, and one of them is named Nemo, and the rest are just Marlon Jr., because they're not very creative. Uh, but most are probably going to die, from what I remember. <laughs> what I wrote here. Everything seems great, <laughs> idyllic even, until a very big, scary fish comes and eats Carl. Carl, Carl, <laughs> and all of the eggs it's except one, uh, which Mar, which is uh, has a little, and I never noticed this when I first watched it. But Squeeze does the, snake? What's that? Did he? Did Nick say snake? Ate no, him, he said or what? Very, a very big fish. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, scary fish. Uh, uh, there's one egg left, and it's got a little crack in it. Uh, and he names that one Nemo because that's what Coral wanted to name one of the kids. And uh, he's only got one left. <laughs> Cut to five years later, and it's the first day of school. I put five years. I don't know what time that. I don't know when the time jump was, Tim. Five Maybe you can fact check that later. <laughs> later. Uh, and Marlon is a helicopter parent through and through, uh, mostly due to the fact that the rest of his children have been massacred in the great drop-off, as the fish community calls it. <laughs> Albert Brooks and his kids have great chemistry. Uh, Tim, is this Zachary Ty Bryant or the other kid from Home Improvement? I'm joking. I don't know which oh, either of them. Yeah, I was like, I don't think that adds up at all. No, you said it's Brad Bird's uh, kids that did the voice, but I, just, I wrote it in here and I got to do it. Uh, the turtle. Squirt. Who did the Who did the voice for Nemo? Do we know? The, oh, Alexander the voice for Nemo. Gould. That's what you're asking. Oh, uh, don't know him. Not I don't at all. know him from anything else. He was. In He's Weeds. great though. He was the kid yeah. in Weeds. Give him more roles. <laughs> Twenty years yeah. later. That stuff. Got yeah, He's probably a man now. Eventually. Oh, he adult is. man. Uh, Nemo is very curious about sharks and how old sea turtles are and stuff. Marlin knows the horrors of the world and is overly cautious. The whole world is amazing, by the way. I love like like you guys were talking about the surface lighting re reflecting on the the bottom of the ocean and all the colors of this are just so freaking awesome. And Pixar is just so great at making those worlds that you just want to go to, even though you can't hold your breath that long. And you um, know something with that, like I was talking to Gia about this, like because we've been talking on the show how cool it is. It's like, okay, cool. What's a monster world look like? What's a bug world look like? What's mm -hmm. underwater look like? We've already seen what underwater looks like in a, a Disney movie, granted not Pixar, but like for this movie to have such an identity that's not the Little Mermaid, I think mm -hmm. is very impressive. Agreed. Um, of course, he meets up with a bunch of other fathers, and they're like, "Oh, you're a clownfish. Tell us a joke." And he's like, "He just is not very good at it, mostly because, um, again." His wife and whole family were massacred. So if you fucking yeah. ask me to tell you a joke after that, I'm gonna punch you right in the throat. Yeah, you know that, what I mean, Kevin? Have some self awareness. That stays Sack, with you. For dude, a long time. shit, man. Understand history. Nemo mm -hmm. wants to play with all the other kids, uh, history, yeah. but yeah, exactly. But also, uh, he has that little lucky, what they call the lucky fin, which is an unfortunately underdeveloped fin of his. And so Marlon doesn't think he can. He's like, you got to be really careful with him. But then the other kids, oh, you think at first they're going to make fun of him, but they're not. They're actually pretty right, cool. cool. One of the kids says, hey, I got a short tentacle. One of the other kids says, I have an H2O intolerance. And the third kid goes, I'm just obnoxious. I love it. I can <laughs> relate so much. <laughs> uh, the teacher comes and takes the whole class away for the school day. Marlon is cool at first until he uh, learns that the teacher is taking them to the drop-off and then immediately runs after them or rather swims after them. The other kids lead Nemo off to the drop-off where they tell him the story of his mother's massacre and then uh, make the, and make that little squid ink. And I think that's the funniest part of this whole thing. Yeah, it's so like, gross. And then the shark came and goes, ooh, and squeeches. That's so gross. That's such a Nick thing to be, like, you know, to enjoy. In fact, when I was watching <laughs> it, I was like, I don't want Nick to talk about this little kid. <laughs> you know? 
There's a lot of inking that happens in this movie, Kevin, and you know I, I get it every single time I, it does. I just want to be clear. I am very, very happy that you don't have the ability to accidentally ink. Oh no, yeah, that'd be all over the studio. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's see. also it's also interesting to me what Pixar does to decide what characters should be characterized. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, like they have mm-hmm. that little squid friend, and he looks the way he does, and he looks like a little blob. And it definitely doesn't look accurate to what the animal would look like. But then they have very real-looking jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or like the seagulls are just doofuses. Yeah, yeah, they, but they, but the seagulls have like cartoon eyes and like stuff. A, but yeah, the the like jellyfish are just like straight up. They they are dangerous and they don't have silly eyes. Yeah, or, they don't make them likable. Like, I, they're, like, I yeah, they're, they're just do, a thing. You just they're a can't threat. See it. Like it's in like the bottom of the thing. They got a little face. Mm. Maybe you think different. they would say something too. I don't know. It's just it's just, it's always interesting. Same thing me. with the whale too, right? Where it's like yeah. just a whale. It's not a character. You're right. yeah, you're it's right. ox. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it I, guys, whale, I'll, I'll, I'll talk English. to you again about it. Ready? Here I go. Mm-hmm. It's not as funny the second time. Uh, <laughs> Marlon. <laughs> that's fair enough. They spot a boat, uh, which they mistakenly call a bus, and then dare each other to get closer. Uh, Marlon catches them right before Nemo goes out to the boat, and they argue uh, because Marlon thinks his son is incapable of surviving on his own, and, and uh, Nemo's like, I hate you, Dad. And then in an act of defiance, he swims all the way over to the boat and touches the bottom. And, he's, and uh, one, I love this one. I know. He's like, don't you touch that bottom. Don't you go over there, all that stuff. And he just does it in defiance. And then on the way back, of course, he proves his father's fears are completely valid uh, when he gets caught by a scuba diving dentist from Australia, Sydney, to be fair, uh, and then gets uh, taken off into open water. Marlon freaks out and chases after, uh, but there's only so much he can do. His wife and child are gone, so he gives up and starts over with a cuttlefish because they know how to party. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> JK Marlon oh, continues man. on in a panic and rams right into Dory who offers to show him which way the boat went but it turns out Dory suffers from short term memory loss uh, which is where Christopher Nolan stole the idea from Memento if I were Pixar I would sue can't wait until Dory exacts her revenge on that dude who killed Marlon's wife <laughs> Like I'm awesome in this one. <laughs> yeah, you, no, you are awesome. This is fantastic. This. But what's funny about it is it reminds me when we first started in review. We did MCU in review. Then we did X Men. Then we did Spider Man. All superheroes, kind of aimed at like you know at least PG thirteen audiences, whatever. We then did Aladdin in review, and I'll never forget when we did that. Uh, the handful of comments that we got that were like. I don't know if this is a good idea, having Nick make jokes about this children's property. Here we are, 500 episodes in review later. We don't have <laughs> Nothing is sacred. Yeah. Nothing is safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out we're just going to keep going with what works. Uh, I, uh, oh I my really God. quickly want to bring attention to the, like, that scene where he, like, gets scooped up and then starts going away and Marlon's just Terrifying. following and following and following and he's getting farther away. It, like... It's very intense. That was an intense scene for me to handle. I don't know why, but it's one of those things that, like, That's I mean, sad. it was like, I can't even imagine losing, like, I, I mean, for me, it was the fear of my little brother when I was growing up, you know, take him out somewhere and be like, I gotta watch him. These little kids, they get I mean, it, to- it totally made me want a Marlon Liam Neeson taken movie. Oh my gosh. And just, just brutal and violent and <laughs> gunshots. And yeah, I think it would be. Andy, really do cool. you want to hear my, my Liam Neeson impression? Sure. You don't know me. Nope. Jesus. That's yeah. so... It's my Liam Neeson Different impression. person. Jason saves him. I don't know the difference. Uh, let's see. They run straight into Bruce, the shark, who is terrifying. Oh. Uh, by the way, I was going to say, this movie deals with a lot of incredibly adult themes, though, right? Like, the, there's a moment later where Dory 
like freaks out because she gets lost and doesn't understand yeah. what's going on. And it's a fucking real ass yeah. moment. It's scary. It's not, as hell. This is not a kid's movie. There's a lot of shit in this that you're like, they're they're not treating kids with kitty gloves. When uh, she's no having that panic attack, like, oof, I felt I that. <laughs> I know. Uh, they run, of course, straight into Bruce the shark, who is terrifying because his teeth because he's got uh, those all those sharp teeth. And then Bruce invites them to a party, and they're like, "Shit, we got to go. We're screwed. We're dead." And it's in the middle of a cool sunken submarine, surrounded by mines. Uh, Nemo again. I brought up set pieces earlier, and yeah. it's like you know, traditionally set pieces are something we refer to for action movies and stuff and things that explode. And in this case, this is a thing that ends up exploding. Uh, but I love this. I love that it's like any single element that a Pixar movie has is building to something, dialogue or otherwise. Like they're not just at an abandoned submarine for no reason. Something's going to happen there that's really cool. And they, I think, totally nailed it. Absolutely. I, I love the, I love the homies. I love Bruce's homies. I think they're so, so funny. So they are, the yeah, like, they are the hyenas of this movie from yeah. The Lion King, and I thought they're fantastic. Except they end up being cool at the end, right? Because they bring Dory yeah. back from the for like the the meeting, and she's like, yeah. "These are my new friends." And they actually, they're trying, <laughs> they're trying, guys, they're out there trying. Also, uh, of course, uh, they're not getting eaten at all. This is actually an AA meeting for seagoing predators. Uh, it's also kind of a low key dolphin bashing meeting. But who doesn't want to take those little fucking pretentious little shits down? You know what I mean, Kevin? <laughs> so great. No, we dolphins. like dolphins. Come on. We like dolphins. Bro, you're gonna tell me dolphins aren't out there just be like thinking they're better than everyone? They definitely they think they're better than Aren't animals, dolphins but, kind of rapey? Uh, yeah, they can be. But like most they're very animals horny. are. But most animals they're one are, of the, right? They're one of the few animals that has sex for pleasure. That yes. thing I know for a yes. fact. Them, bonobos, us. Now. Oh, God, Andy. Damn, this one just, this Scary. guy just uh, all sorts of. But like they're also really smart. We don't really need to go smart. that far to dolphins. Like, There's none in You this. remember those videos where like someone accidentally dropped a phone in like the pier? Yeah, like and the dolphins called for pizza. That was a beluga, I think. No. Belugas would definitely eat the phone. Belugas dumb as shit. Beluga was, would eat the phone. Like, there's a video of a beluga whale returning the phone for his phone. That was fake. They reversed <laughs> it. Same thing. They reversed <laughs> it. Anyway. Uh, uh, real quick, real quick. I uh, I was curious, how far does Marlin travel? And I looked it up. And like, there's like detailed maps. Hold on, let me see if I can really switch to my screen. There you go. Apparently 1,300... Uh, Miles? Was it miles? Hold on. Only? Yeah, miles. Thirteen hundred. Well, they miles. traveled through fucking no, hyperspace. miles or regular miles? Uh, it they just says the miles. So, but like that's okay. a lot. That's like the Great Wall of China, almost exactly. Wait, but where were they before? They were like, the, how do you know where their opinion. origin point is? Uh, well, look, I well they start at the Great Barrier Reef, right? Why don't they? Huh. Do they ever they, say they, that? And, yeah, oh, I guess he does when he's diving. Yeah. Why don't and they have they an Australian accent? That's a very good question. Well, because not all who's the... they? The fish? The marlin. Yeah, the fish don't have uh-huh. the Australian accent, right? No, but yeah, like some, of the, some, some people of have, the, or some of them do. Well, why would so I say, but I Boston act, accent? I don't think the yeah. fish have the same kind of accents that we no. do. No, but like, I mean, they make it a point to say that the sharks have an Australian accent, um, and there are other animals like the uh, the pelican has the Australian accent as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was like, oh, because these these animals are from Australia. And I guess I didn't occur to me where they had actually started. I thought they had started somewhere else that was. But then, it, you know, it doesn't make sense for a fish to travel that far. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> it's a long journey. <laughs> yeah, it's a long uh, worldwide like, journey. <laughs> don't like salmon travel really far, too? They swim up. too, Joey. Yeah. Grizzly yeah, bear. They do, yeah. they do swim upstream, yeah. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back. See a grizzly to... bear eat some salmon and like get a little jealous, like low key. Like, yeah, uh, every oh, fucking really time. Good. No, I want to eat really that. Good. Put some lemon on there. 
some yeah. garlic. Good for you. Uh, anyway, we get a funny scene where Marlon tries to tell a joke again, but then he finds the goggles from the divers. The goggles, of course, have human writing on them, which they can't read, so they need to find a fish who can. Unfortunately, Dory gets bopped in her nose, which makes her, uh, makes her start bleeding, forcing Bruce to start jonesing for some fresh oh, fish meat. No. Uh, Dory reads the writing on, this, uh, on the escape hatch, which reveals she can, in fact, read human. Uh, they lose the mask in Bruce's teeth and then end up hiding the torpedo tube, which Dory unleashes and blows the whole area to kingdom come. Uh, up on the surface, great shot where you, this is big explosion out of water, and then it's just one and little bubble, bubble. And the, where the pelican's like, dude, it just <laughs> rolls nice. away. <laughs> Fun uh, fact, guys, see. explosions way more dangerous in water. Yeah, damn. Really? Turn you inside yeah. out. No, Do they really? Know. No, they create like no. a <laughs> <laughs> oh, science, science, science with Kev. What's up? They they create like a blast bubble thing that like the force just hits you and and destroys you. Like I mean, your Death insides. Charge. But like, yeah, I guess. No, oh, you're right. got I it. Guess you're right. It's like a high impact. Oh, yeah. I was I was joking uh, around because I was I was joking no, but like, like in a way you are when, right. When submarines used to implode. Yeah. You know, because the pressure was yeah, yeah, the pressure, breaking yeah. pressure, yeah. Mm. Um, so that was I was for that fascinating. I was like, what would you rather do? Get exploded or implode? So uh, so the thing, bullets underwater a lot weaker. Mm. The water slows yeah. them down real quick. You can catch them. So if someone's shooting at you, dive in a pool. If someone throws a grenade at you, you're better Get throwing yourself on the floor instead of in the pool with a grenade. Get in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Before you move on, yeah. Nick, I do have a uh, a fun fact that I, I I wanted to read at the beginning and I forgot about. Nemo's father, Marlin, was originally voiced by William H. Macy. Uh, according oh, to James Stewart's book, Disney War, it was after seeing an early cut of the film with Macy's voice that then Disney CEO Michael Eisner infamously told his board directors, quote, this will be a reality check for those guys. It's OK, but nowhere near as good as their previous films. Of course, they think it's great. Trust me, it's not. Director Andrew Stanton recast the role of Marlon with uh, Albert Brooks, and then the film went on to get some of the best Pixar reviews ever and became the highest grossing thing, all, everything I already talked about. Uh, even worse for Eisner, though, Disney's distribution contract with Pixar was close to expiring at this time, and thus he was facing a difficult position of trying to renew it with Pixar's owner, Steve Jobs, who already loathed Eisner before that insult. That situation of Disney in danger of losing their most consistently successful producer of films uh, because of Eisner's denigration proved to be one of numerous complaints about him to finally prompt the shareholders to fire him. Damn. Interesting stuff. That's, that's yeah. really interesting. I'd love to see like, like, like a scene with uh, William H. Macy. Because I'm a big really like? fan of, of him, especially his stuff in Shameless that is totally, totally <laughs> so different than all the stuff they, did, they do here. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that would have been really cool. <laughs> interesting. Uh, let's uh, also, see. Wait, wait, sorry. Uh, one more thing. Yeah. Tim, do, like, mm -hmm. are you gonna bring up the Pixar theory? Because we got a smart oh, yeah. fish over here reading. Weird, oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do it at the end. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sorry. Cool. Yeah. Jellyfish don't talk though. Not that smart. <laughs> yeah, but the squids they're keep less inking. complex. They keep on inking. Keep on inking. Just keep <laughs> inking. Just keep inking is what they say, right? Uh, let's see. Up, up over in Sydney, Nemo gets dumped in his new home, a fish tank in the dentist's office. Uh, Should have listened to your father, kid. Now you have to watch Australians get their teeth fixed for the rest of your life. Thankfully, all the other fish in the tank are super nice until they find out he's from the ocean. So they call in Jacques to clean him. And I didn't know that little crabs do that, but that's funny. Um, Nigel shows up and bangs. I don't, think, Nick, I, just, I don't think they do, Nick. Do they not do that? They don't clean things off. They, they don't eat clean. barnacles and shit. But well, like in a in an aquarium, you have like to keep it all in symbiosis or whatever. You have like little 
bottom feeders they, to like eat all the eat algae the, like, and stuff, right? And stuff, right? Yeah, algae. Yeah. yeah. So you don't think that that's what he was doing? They don't give him a little one over. Like they don't bring in the new fish. Well, no, I didn't think they did like a rotisserie barbecue thing, but I just thought it was. I didn't. I didn't realize that other fish would like. Well, sharks don't go to AA. It's all for the movie. Yeah, but Nick didn't. Nick didn't say. Oh, I didn't realize that shark go to AA. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's fair enough. Okay, uh, let's see. <laughs> Nigel shows up and bangs into the window. Uh, Nigel played by, I think, Joffrey Rush, right? Doing a great Australian accent in this. Uh, the dentist tells yes. uh, his name Joffrey? Jeffrey? Joffrey. Is it really Joffrey? No yeah, way. G, I think it's spelled with a G, right? Isn't that how you say Joffrey? No, G E O F. It's like Jeffrey. I say Joffrey because it's like Joffrey Ballet. It's not real. Joff Ramsey? Uh, yeah, the, I didn't. I've never heard of a Joffrey that wasn't the Game of Thrones character. But that's spelled J O F F. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's it Jeffrey is. Rush. It's Jeffrey. Apologize. Rush. I apologize. Then my mistake. Jeffrey Rush, boring old American Jeff Rush, is doing a great <laughs> Australian accent in this bad boy. Uh, he's really cool. Uh, thankfully, let's see. Uh, where are we going? Oh, it turns out we got a ticking clock, ladies and gentlemen, because the dentist tells Nima that his niece Darla is going to be his new owner come Friday. We only got 48 hours, and Darla is a fish killer because she likes to shake the shit out of those bags. And maybe somebody should pull this kid aside because this is some psychopathic behavior that she <laughs> is good. exhibiting. Something uh, Nemo- that I liked about this scene is that when you hear the dentist being like, oh, yeah, like this poor little guy was just stranded out there and he has this, like little fin. It's like, oh, I didn't even think about the fact that like he thought that he was saving this little fish doesn't even know all the no, i mean he says that but like yeah. this guy has a god complex right L- listen here Does joey he? you don't become a dentist unless you got a god complex <laughs> you, not, you're like, you're you don't in need there to have dentists in the saving boat people's people's molars. Yeah. what like, are you, you in there have- doing <laughs> Yeah, like let's not do don't do this. Impacted molars and like you don't need to have DJs hating you, people that skate while they're like over thirty, and now dentists. Like let's not. We don't need to defend the dentist industry. Those motherfuckers are fine. They need to be taken down a notch. I'm with Nick. Um, yeah, take them down a notch. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for finally being on my side. It's Mm -hmm. a fight worth fighting, Kevin. Is all I'm saying. Nick uh, didn't even know he wanted to fight this fight until right now. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't even know. I, there was a what, moment where he was realizing that he was fighting this fight, and I saw it in his eyes of like, I don't know if I should pull out. And then Tim came in and doubled down. So now, yeah. good. Now it's in. Now it's No forever. one likes dentist. Is that wrong? No. No, you're right. Snowbike Mike loves dentists. We found that. He does. It's weird as ago. shit. It's yeah. so weird. He was so excited uh, to go to the dentist. Got him. Nemo freaks out and gets sucked into a little air vent, but when he asks for help, Gil arrives and tells him, no, you got yourself in there and you can get yourself out. Man, I wish I could do Willem Dafoe, but I can't get my voice that deep. Uh, Nemo doubts himself because of his little fin, but Gil responds, never stop me. And then so Nemo's Are like, you kidding dude. me? This is he's incredible. Like, and he's all like scarred up on the side. And you're like, dude, how'd that happen? And we're, well, maybe we'll find out later in the story, guys. Do we? Um, yeah, it makes it for some reason, I wasn't sure if... Gil was going to be the John Hamm from Baby Driver Baby type Driver. character. Yeah. Tough on him. Or friendly, mm-hmm. understanding, First. fatherly figure, and then really becomes the villain and fucks him over. Like, you're, we're not getting out of here if you, like, uh, it's either all of us or none of us, that sort of thing. I, I wasn't sure mm-hmm. what was going to happen with the storyline. I kind of forgot. But if you all remember, during quarantine, um, Gil, it kind of became more and more apparent that um, a lot of the community is horny for Gil. If y'all remember 
P- like but photos popping up. I remember sorry. This. Hold on, I hold on. This somehow, yeah. There's a there's a there's a funny there was a couple the funny community. There was just, a, well, well, like the Twitter community, right? There was a couple of funny tweets I saw from some girls that were like, "Ooh, man, Gil from like this animal from." Like, what animals kind of get you going in movies, right? And everybody always says Lola Bunny. Everybody always says, like, sure. yeah, or or uh, uh, Robbie from <laughs> Dinosaurs or whatever. And Gil was one of these. Oh, and then I saw a couple of people quote to me, like, man, Wait. quarantine is doing a lot of stuff to you right now. <laughs> like, quarantine is making you all go too far right now. We all are Who's lusting after a fish. Who's Robbie That's from That's voiced Dinosaur? by Willem Dafoe. The cool kid with the fursuit jacket. Oh, no. Oh, got it, got it. What did you look up? What's to? up, Tim? I mean, I did. I looked up what I shouldn't have looked up, which was Rule Thirty Four. Gil, no, don't do it. No. Just don't it do up. it. I'm looking don't it up. Don't do it. Don't I'm do looking it up right now. We can't go on until I understand Nick, what this is. I'm going to slack this to you. Do not say what it is. Okay. I just want you to see I, it. I can't I have the it. reflection from my glasses showing. He said he said he's slacking it to, to Nick. I'm looking. You? I'm looking. Yeah, you're I'm good. Looking, I'm looking. I don't looking. think I want to. Okay. Last thing we let's move on. <laughs> so let's move on with <laughs> the <laughs> People are horny for Gil though. People are horny for Gil. He's a sexy fish, apparently. There you go. Well, uh either way, he's very inspirational for Nemo here because Nemo musters up the courage and gets himself out of this tight spot, both literally and figuratively. Marlin and Dory wake up on the edge of a dark trench with the submarine about to go over the edge. They narrowly escape, but the mask falls into the darkness below. And Dory tells Marlon, when things like this happen, when life gets you down, you got to just keep swimming. So they head down to the darkness and spot a little light, which puts them in a happy little trance until they realize it's attached to a fucking monster. Uh, Dory uh, quickly <laughs> reads the name and address on, well, not quickly, reads the name and address on the mask as Marlon keeps the monster busy. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Remember that? If you don't, Dory will tell you 500 other times in this movie. It's uh, a big moment for back. her, dude. Like, she can remember. It's also, a great moment. And mm-hmm. also, an amazing character moment because later she goes, I remember things better when I'm with you. Please don't leave me. Oh and it's God, fucking so heartbreaking. Good. I'm like, Marlon, you're a piece of shit. You are a piece of shit for leaving her back then. Uh, also, I think this movie is really great because Dory, I feel like, could be a character that gets really annoying really fast. But I feel like they do a really good job of balancing her out in the story and having Marlon with her to counteract some of it yeah um and i, I just appreciate that i mean and, um, and shout out to ellen generous's performance in this it's very yeah. very good sure even though as a boss she seems like a garbage human being yeah. but <laughs> as a performer hey, as dory she knocked it out of the park is we'll it just not just horrible that they were like you know what we should include an angler fish that's not gonna terrify everyone everyone the thing with the, the little post credit scene though <laughs> yeah the, the ball you ain't that scary I didn't. I oh, didn't see it. Oh, there's a post credit scene. I didn't see I didn't. it. Yeah, is it the one where he gets eaten by a bigger fish, or is that in Samuel Star Wars, Jackson pops the Phantom up and Menace? Like, Welcome to the. <laughs> Welcome to no, the you know the Avengers. you know the little uh, the little buddy of Chum, the little green fish earlier. Uh huh. They came. That green fish eats the big fish. Mm. Angler, dead. Cool. Yeah. I don't understand the physics of that, but I'll go back and watch it. <laughs> it's I a cartoon. And they do the cartoon <laughs> thing. It's great. They just, oh, he just opens it. He just goes, snake really fast. Tim, yeah. that was actually uh, like not actually what happened. What happens? the opposite. The anglerfish ate him. And they're just revisionist history, man. Yeah, they just want you to up. feel better by yourself. <laughs> because it turns out that all the, all the ocean is just one big nightmare. It's dangerous. Uh, it's scary. Like, I, I'm, I'm terrified of what I can't see. You know what I mean? I'm not going down. Do you think that the ocean is scarier than space? Fuck yeah, it's way scarier than space. Uh, Well, so the thing is, space real far. I'm never going to accidentally fall into space. 
I could accidentally fall in the ocean. Exactly. So ocean gets you're it drunk, for now. You're at Pier 39. You see it. You're making eyes at a fucking sea lion. He's like, <laughs> ar, ar, ar. you're like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do this, buddy. We're going to go paint the town red. And then you fall into the ocean and die by shark. Man, I was really I concerned. seen it happen I didn't, a I didn't times. know what you were going to do with the sea lion. <laughs> I was getting real freaked out. <laughs> Let's keep going. Please. Let's just keep it went like this, Kevin. It was driving. Fuck. It was driving. It was driving. And when it became apparent that what when I was about to drive a drives? brick wall, oh. turn left real Another fast. joke. Got the sea lion and I are partying. We're having fun. You hit a wall of barrels <laughs> just keep plotting just, yeah, plot. uh, here we go Jacques wakes up Nemo so the rest of the fish can initiate him into a club at the volcano uh, before he can be a club member however he must first swim through the ring of fire which he does with relative ease and they rename him Sharkbait Gil tells the crew that Sharkbait is the one of them now so they can let him uh, they can't let him die they're gonna have to help him escape uh, here's the plan. Take the pebble inside uh, of the air filter and jam the gears so the tank will get dirty. Once it's too dirty, the dentist will have to put them in individual baggies so they can uh, uh, so he can clean it. And once they're in there, they'll, they'll, they'll roll themselves over to the window across the street and into the harbor, and boom, they are free. Uh, Marlin. This little cast them. of fish is my favorite. I love that we get Brad Garrett back as Brad like Garrett. the puffer fish. He's so yep. funny. Every I don't know who plays slow. I love up. that character. Every it's time, so good. Every time Brad Garrett like just gets mad and just becomes a Hulk and poof, he just like starts floating <laughs> so away. Funny. It gets me every time, man. It's fun because it's so the opposite of the Hulk where, you know, like he blows up and it's just he's like immobile. He just kind of floats. He's useless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love these guys. I think all the dialogue and stuff's funny. I love how convoluted and simple the plan is, but like it's a very funny plan at the end of the day. But Great I plan. really appreciate this group's attention to the dentistry and the complicated ass dentist stuff that they're, they're so they're into it about. <laughs> and the pelican coming in and be like, oh so shit, is he funny. doing that? It's like what a great Pixar <laughs> thing to do. So funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marlon tells Dory that he wants to go on without her because she uh, causes him too many delays. And then Dory starts crying, uh, rightfully so, because Marlon's being a dick. And then a school of fish takes note, voiced by... Voiced by introducing a new segment to this show, Andy, which I'm going to call the John Ratzenberger Watch. Hit the theme song. Watch out, John Ratzenberger. <laughs> 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 We previously heard him as Ham in the Toy Story series and P.T. Flea, the circus ringleader in A Bug's Life, as well as the abominable snowman in Monsters, Inc. He is now the entire school of Moonfish in Finding Nemo for a fantastic scene. No, he's just one of them. He's just one fish. Is he? I thought everyone was I I think they all talk as a collective. Yeah. No, no, because he's like the one voicing it. And then towards the end of it, he says like, which way is it, guys? And you hear a bunch of random other voices go, I don't know. Yeah. You hear, like, muttering that isn't Ratzenberger muttering. And the ocean is just so complex. Role? I think so. I know. I think he's just loud. Everyone's like, just let him fucking, just let him do it. He, it's so cool. Like, I love, I love exactly. the whole visual like, of this. Like, we all let, we mm-hmm. all tell Greg he's, like, the leader. And we, you know, but I mean, like, but we're like, we just don't have the energy to deal with yeah. him. <laughs> um, Man, it's barely Monday, huh? Fuck. Is it Monday? <laughs> I thought it was Friday. Marlon gets frustrated and tells Dory that no fish in the ocean will help him. But then she says, I'll help you. And he feels like a dick. And if he doesn't, he should. Because that's a very sweet thing to say. Um, and then she walks over and gets the fish group to tell them uh, the way to the East Australian Current, or the EAC as they refer to it. Uh, and they say, take that for about three leagues, which will push them right past Sydney. Uh, one more thing. When you get to the trench, though, swim through it, not over it. And they're like, they, they tell Dory that, but Marlon's already gone, uh, doesn't listen, and then uh, tricks her into swimming over it right into 
a school well, of squishy know. I don't think he jelly well, fish. Well, I guess he did. Uh, you're right. Yeah, he did because he's like, "Oh, we're gonna do a race. We're gonna go over it." And he, he, he's pretty much a garbage human well, being. No, for no, no, two no, no. But that happens. That no, happens the race after. is when they're in it. Yeah, because he realizes like they're surrounded. No, no by... he tricks her by saying there's a shiny thing upstairs. Like we gotta go get it. She goes, "Oh, I'll go get it," because he knows she oh, doesn't. Right. She doesn't she's like, thing. I don't know. Something feels wrong. Yeah, she says, and I quote, I don't know why, but I think we should go through this because she just was told that but can't remember it. And he, being the shitty Taking fish that he is, tr- takes advantage of that and has a lot to learn, man. I'm just saying, like, if y'all think, oh, I'm not going to go there. Never mind. Yeah. Nope, <laughs> I'm nope. somehow God, trying to I figure out how to make a connection between Gil, the sea lion reference, and Marlin's garbageness. And it just it didn't work, Andy. It went together made a bad ice cream. Um... Let's see, Dory uh, decides to bounce off the tops, which apparently doesn't sting uh, her for some reason. So Marlon tells her he wants to play a game. Whoever can bounce off the tops best and make it to the end first wins. Uh, But then before long, they start doing it, and Marlon actually starts to have fun and let loose a little bit. Of course, when he reaches the other end unscathed, he turns back to find Dory, and she is nowhere to be found. Racing back in, he finds her cocooned in a a little web of jellyfish, and he has to break her out. Um, And she's about, and she's basically passing out. So he makes her, he asks her to keep. Uh, saying and reciting the address, uh, P. Sherman 42, Wallaby Way, P. Sherman 42, as she does, he finally gets out as he passes out as well. Back in the tank, Gil tells Nemo about his prior escape attempts, one of which left him scarred on the way to the toilet, <laughs> which he's like, why are you going to the toilet? He goes, oh, he's like, all drains lead to the ocean. And I'm like, well, they go through like a sewage treatment plant first, which I'm sure has some sort of choppy things. Maybe we'll yeah, see that it's... later in the movie, or maybe for budgetary reasons, we never see that scene at all. Yeah. Uh, Australia well, does it different. Yeah. Apparently, apparently in Australia, Tim, you take a shit and it goes right out into the ocean. <laughs> That's it. it. It's got a tube that makes it airborne. It just kind yeah. of <laughs> it just shoots it, launches it, mm-hmm. and when it hits the sea, they call them sea pickles. <laughs> uh, let's see. Marlon wakes up on the back of a turtle, uh, and he goes, oh, "I'm wow. sorry, Mr. Turtle." And he goes, "Whoa, man, Mr. Turtle is my dad." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My name is Crush. <laughs> Credits could have rolled right then. I would have been like great. 10 out of 10. You did it. <laughs> great movie. Great line. Uh, he wonders where Dory is when he um, when they uh, they point her out and she's passed out on the back of another one of the turtles. So he rushes over to her to wake her up and see if she's okay. And, of course, she's just playing hide-and-go-seek. She's totally fine it. with all the offspring of the turtles, as they call them. Uh, and then the turtle kids uh, all crowd around Marlon. Like, you have to tell us this cool, this crazy story about what happened. So he tells them the story of how he lost Nemo and is now trying to go all the way to Sydney to find him. And then one by one, that gets relayed through the this epic chain of, of life in uh, the fish community all the way to Nigel the seagull who is uh, watching as all of the I'm sorry, Nigel, the, the pelican, excuse me, as he's watching as all of the seagulls, the mine, 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 mine seagulls are trying to <laughs> eat a crab, which is hilarious. But what um, we didn't see is that the story is also traveling the other way backwards. Mm-hmm, and the yeah. Barracuda who massacred all of the family, Nemo's family, was like, hears oh, the news shit. and is like, oh, I left one. I left a couple alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to go get him. My job <laughs> wasn't done. You know? I haven't seen Finding Dory and no future spoilers. So, like, in my mind, that is the plot. So, pretty exciting I would like to think that up. the Barracuda is Jason Statham in this movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and comes back as like he's part of the family now. Like he he apologizes. He's like it was, I, it was just business, you know. Justice and then, for Coral. Yeah, exactly. Late, exactly later we Coral. get Nigel like talking about like hey, sorry if I've tried to eat you, but you know, we got to survive. And it's like yeah, it's that fish same gotta logic. Swim, birds it, got to eat. Yeah. It's that same logic, so they could, you know, mm-hmm. which would be terrible. Yeah, Andy, you were saying that you don't like the this plot device of like it spreading across the ocean stuff, and I agree with you to the to an extent, but I appreciate that it is a choice to really back up the idea of 
how legendary people can sound when it's just stories. Because like in the beginning of the movie with them talking about Nemo's like friend's dad who like knows about a turtle that's 100 years old and all this shit. Just the idea of this story becoming larger than life. But it really is pretty damn epic. Everything that uh, Marlon did, I think is really it, it's what changes it from coincidental writing to strong writing. He's going to write a book about it just like Bilbo did Lord of the Rings. Bilbo yes. Baggins. They're mm-hmm. in back again. Best picture. Yeah. And then there again, because the movie's long. Uh, I missed, I skipped the spot where the dentist went to go Bilbo take a number English. two and they sent Nemo up the pipe or into the filter and he almost got uh, chopped into sushi. Uh, so as we catch up to that, of course, this is when Gil apologizes to Nemo for putting him in danger. Uh, and this so is when intense. Nigel comes in, bangs into the window and tells Nemo that his dad has been fighting the entire ocean looking for him. He even fought a shark. He's like, my dad fought a shark. And he goes, three sharks. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck Christ, dude. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, this fills Nemo with a renewed sense of purpose and vigor. And so he once again swims up to the filter, jams the hell out of that little thing, and boom, bada bing, bada boom, the countdown clock is there less than 48 hours before Darla and her psycho eyes uh, get here. So everyone has to do their job to, in part, to make the tank as dirty as possible, which includes Jacques, no cleaning. And he's like, eh, we. Oui. When they cut to him later, but then he cleans a little bit. He's like, yeah, he's got. Yeah, I'm ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shouts to that scene though, the the where they're trying to pull him out before the like thing blends him. Yeah, like just like all the plant and pushes it. Yeah, yeah, like I thought that the kid did a really good job, Nemo, uh, and also Willem Dafoe. Like that is where he is bringing a hundred percent, and I love it. I'm sorry, kid. (laughs) He's like (laughs) so good. over in the uh, in the current, Squirt gives Dory and Marlin a crash course and Vortex jumping, and then they're like, he's like, can you repeat that? And then he just pushes him the hell out of the stream, <laughs> which Marlin actually enjoys. Again, uh, again, letting loose a little bit here, enjoying the adventure. Uh, before they leave, Marlin remembers to ask Crush how old he is so he can tell Nemo, and Crush says, I'm 150 years old and still kicking. And it's cool. Uh, Dory and Marlin swim into a cloudy patch and end up swimming around in circles. They spot a massive dark fish or a small dark fish. They think is at first is small. And it turns out it's not small at all. It is, in fact, a what is it? A blue whale? What kind of whale is this? Gray whale? The blue whale. The blue, blue whale. whale. The big ones, right? Blue ones are the yeah, big ones, right? The biggest one. Yeah. Um, which Dory's like, oh, no problem. I got this. I'll communicate with him. Uh, and he's like, dude, you can't do this thing scary. And she goes, trust me, for Christ's sake. So finally he trusts her, which winds up. Uh, with them pulling a Pinocchio and getting sucked into its belly. Uh, back at the dentist's office, the whole tank is full of algae. Uh, the dentist decides to clean the tank the next day before Darla arrives. Uh, back over in the whale's stomach, Nemo tries desperately to escape, and he says, I have to find my son. I have to tell him how old a sea turtle is, or sea turtles are. Uh, so heartbreaking. I, I know. Where it's like, so that's good. like the one thing he holds on to. So he can't deal with the reality. And this is gut-wrenching to your eyes. He says, I promise I'd never let anything happen to him. And then Dory, who obviously is like, this is what I love about this character and how wonderfully it's written, right? Because of of the memory loss and because, you know, she's just sort of like this innocent, like always trustworthy thing, right? Because she doesn't, A, necessarily remember all the bad things that can happen, but B, is just sort of like, you know, to turn lemons into lemonade, right? And it's a great mm-hmm. little character. And she has this moment where she says, that's a funny thing to promise. He can't never let anything happen to him. Then nothing would ever happen to him. Not much fun for little Harpo. By the way, I forgot to mention that she's always messing up his name. That's <laughs> and it's never not funny. Yeah, it's like funny. <laughs> these motherfuckers. I have to imagine. I wonder if that was written in there. That was like an improv for Ellen because it seems like it's so like right off the top of the dome. It was really, really well done. 
Um, Dory speaks whale one more time. The whale says it's time to let go. And he goes, how do you know? And then like as the whale's like pushing him back with the tongue and they're literally hanging on by a string. He says, how do you know something bad isn't going to happen? Dory says, I don't. And then Marlin closes his eyes and finally lets go. And the two get blown out of the the uh, the whale's blowhole and land in the ocean next to Sydney. What a beautiful scene. And I just love the visuals backed up with the dialogue of him holding on to the cliff and whatever the the whale's tongue yeah. and her and like the let go it's like it holding on been. to the fatherhood it, yeah. it, totally it's like it it works on so many different levels of letting go and i just i love it uh the fish wake up the next day but the tank is clean the dentist installed a new filter called the aquascum 2000 which scans so the cool. tank environment every five minutes and i imagine <laughs> kevin would have one of these tethered I, to the yeah Roomba. definitely i wanted to scan <laughs> like that i wanted to talk into the fish <laughs> Uh, Nemo gets got uh, and thrown in a little bag. And when he tries to roll out, the dentist catches him and puts him in one of those like weird dental trays that I always feel like, are people peeing in that? I don't know. Um, no. And then, no, Nick, the answer is people are not peeing in those. No. You know what I mean? Like those There's, trays no. always creep me out. The stainless steel trays. Like, what do you do if you, like, if someone's got to pee when you're no. in the dentist? Yeah. What kind of, no. what other DNA is up, in here? You stand up yeah. and you go pee. You don't go pee. No, you're right in the middle of it though. You got the things in your mouth. You go, I can't get it out. They can't they move. Just they, go arch it uh, into the pain. But Aren't also, the, the metal tray isn't anywhere near. Yeah, it's like on the, the little. It just reminds side me. Of, they just, those thing. trays just remind me of bedpans. That's what I'm getting at right now. Okay. Bedpans are there for me to pee in when the missus isn't looking to me. I thought you were talking about the ocean. I'm like, that's fair game. Oh, you definitely pee in the ocean. You <laughs> oh, gotta yeah, be you careful. Can pee in the ocean. It's not too sure. salty. It's good for the ocean. Yeah, this photo on IMDb of Nicholas Bird, Brad Bird's kid, it looks like a photo taken when he was on set or the cast of the original Willy Wonka movie. Like, I don't know what it is about this photo that looks so old. <laughs> it looks like such an old-timey photo on IMDb. Uh, and I, I wonder what this kid's up to now. You think he's following in dad's footsteps? I mean, good. I mean well, I I'm sure he's got a Wikipedia. We could probably, like, figure out what his next project is or something. You can hmm. look on IMDb, right? Oh, he was the monster else. version of Jack-Jack. That's cool. Hmm. That's cool. That's a cool role for him to play. We'll get there. We'll get there, guys. No spoilers. <laughs> no future spoilers. Yeah, for you. yeah. who the hell is Jack-Jack? I don't know. Who's Jack-Jack? Bro? Come on. Uh, Nemo, let's see. Uh, outside, uh, uh, Nigel the Pelican eats Marlon and Dory to save them. Um, excuse me. Ger- Gerald the Pelican eats Marlon and Dory, which is funny because the, the, the rest of the Pelicans are watching. He's like, geez, it's only 10 o'clock in the morning. He's already, he's already like got one on. You know what I mean? Uh, but Marlon makes him choke, and then Nigel tries to save them from the seagulls uh, by telling them to jump into his mouth. Uh, which moment. they do uh, reluctantly, <laughs> and they hop into his mouth. The sequel chase after Trust him. me. <laughs> uh, uh, who is the voice of the pelican? Do we know? Have we talked about this? The pelican? Yeah. The main pelican? Nigel? Nigel. Or, not, yeah. Jeffrey Rush. Rush. Okay. Jeffrey. Sorry. Joffrey. Which I said Joffrey, but everyone told me it's not. It's not yeah, Joffrey. I looked up the pronunciation video <laughs> yeah, for it. It's definitely that. Jeffrey. Okay. Uh, but I was trying to find the improper pronunciation. And unfortunately, Jeffrey Rush has not made it. But I, I imagine it would have <laughs> sounded a lot like Nick did it. So there you go. So we, we made content for them Again, on our channel. My bad. Okay. I'd like, to, <laughs> I'd like to apologize for a number of things in this episode. Okay. Did you think it was only Joffrey? Denigrating sea lions. Apparently, mm-hmm. they, don't, they, they party however they want to party. Okay. Uh, mispronouncing Jeffrey. Why do you keep talking and... about sea lions? <laughs> I don't understand. They have nothing to do with funny. this. Because they, they live a fucking they, go, they live a great <laughs> life. They live a great life. They just sit outside of Pier 39 on that stupid platform that man built for them, and they just sun themselves all day long. Okay? Did, did you think it was Joffrey because he's jealous? not this like basic American? 
Looks British. So I think I just assume everything's pronounced funny um, in, in England. <laughs> like just some sort of <laughs> like rich royal English thing. I could see that, Nick. I, I don't know, man. That. I always just think Joff. That's how you pronounce that. And then in America, they just go, we don't understand multiple words. So we'll just call him Jeff. Oh, he was actually born in Australia. Wow. Well, that's why he has a great mm. Australian accent. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, no, real talk. Like I was like, I was actually impressed. I thought he was British or English. And I was he like, he was oh, raised man. in Brisbane, Queensland after his parents. Uh, okay. Queensland. He has a great, in the UK. He has a great Australian Queen. accent in this and it's phenomenal. Okay. You guys know that I have two big pet peeves in watching movies that can just totally take me out of the narrative. One wigs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about that. In this one, all the hair looks like shit. Two bad accents. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. So, in this those one, this are one. Nick's kryptonite when it comes to movies. Like they that. take me out. They take yeah. me out. I got the news coverage on TV. Andy, what do you got? Um. Oh gosh. I maybe accents. Yeah, I guess I'll maybe with Nick on that. I don't know. I don't know what mine is though. Oh, I think CG's another bad one for CG. Andy. Yeah, that one gets you, yeah. Joey. What's what's your? Movie I don't know that I. I don't think know about that it. I have one. I got it. I mean, I'd, I'm say sure bad, they, I'd say like, yeah, bad right. green screen, bad comping. Yeah. That's the stuff yours? that I always know. Uh, super minor plot holes, like super unnecessary, like, you know, <laughs> stuff that's really dumb. And that I anything you can get caught up on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just sitting there being like, to be fair, I don't know. Blaney might be a male ang- angler fish. <laughs> to be it's fair, possible. we spent 40 minutes well, of Nick saying like, yeah, but the old Bond car. <laughs> It's a big, oh my god, the fucking, fucking world-ending problem. I'm not gonna stop. I'm not. <laughs> oh, I know what mine is. Go for it, Jeff. Mine is weird continuity things, like if, yeah. like hairs, bottles are ch- or turned, or like there's stuff in the background. Like a thing. car that suddenly well, like, has missiles. If, in if it I'm no noticing reason. this, how did your continuity person miss this? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's hard. You job, know, hard job. Kev just brought up that he gets way too caught into uh, random ass things. Brought up, and Kev's been slacking me for the last, I, I don't, uh, I get uh, twenty minutes. And I don't understand what the fuck he's trying to tell me. So I need to read this to you. He gives me a time code of an hour, 39 minutes, 32 dash credits. It's Mike from Monsters. Monsters, Inc. <laughs> well, I'm like, okay. I didn't realize uh, he was he replies, I never saw that. Then he goes, so the male anglerfish is tiny when compared to the female. And the way the mate is the male bites the female and becomes part of her. I think the end is what's happening here. And then it's a picture with a small fish, a big fish, and it just says wild sex. <laughs> so at so the, let's at get the back end, to the plot. Wait, wait, hold, on, hold on, I want to explain. I want to explain. Two so things. One, one, I I had no idea that Mike Wazowski, that's his name, right, is mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. He has a cameo at the end of the, uh, like towards the end of the credits. And cool. then when we see the uh, anglerfish get eaten by this little fish, I was noting that the anglerfish male is very small as a fish, like compared to the. Angler female, which is the scary with all the teeth and the light. Uh, and what happens, the way they mate is the male angler will bite onto the side and they like essentially connect and become one fish. Um, and like, I kind of feel like this that's what, what they're I, implying there. You see what I mean? Like he mm, ate her, you know population. what I mean? Yeah. See, this is why space is less scary because space doesn't have crazy shit like that happening in it. As far as we uh, know, anyway, like, as far as we know, we'll never know, dude. We're only if there's another ocean Mars, in space. Quit. As soon as they put a Tesla that's the dumbest on Mars, thing that's I've ever heard. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Joey. Uh, back at the dentist office, Darla shows up, and she is massively deranged. So uh, Nemo <laughs> plays dead. I love that See? they use the music for her, too. Oh, yeah, the, so the, the worth the it. Psycho music. Mm-hmm. Twice. How, how old is she supposed to be? 
like, four. She, I don't know, ten. They're yeah, all kids she, are fucking psychos to me. They could be. She could be eighteen for all I know. But I read it. But like, yeah, she seemed like aggressive in a bad way. Of like someone needs to talk to her. It's just, kids it are is, like that. Kids are like that. No, dude. it's one of those things where it's like yeah. if I saw my kid doing that, I'd be like, we need to probably take this child to a, a, a like a, a child psychologist, mm-hmm. right? Because Someone's if you're killing fish them. or torture, that's like, like that's a hop, the, skip, and a jump away from like filleting the skin off of a. Human yeah, but if you're a, like, if oh, you're yeah. a superstar, so many serial killers start with animal torture. Exactly. If you're oh, a superstar like, dentist, you are incredibly rich. You never have to spend time with your kid because you're always at work. Well, it's niece, right? Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, and he's superstar dentist. <laughs> you never have to take care of the kid. Superstar so, dentist. so the thing is, the it's kid never, never has anybody to tell her no. Right. Again, the the uncle's just super happy to see her whenever he sees her. Give her money. Give her some fucking fish. Here's Here, a well, fish. And she has she has braces. She has headgear. She's a cash cow for him. So he's yeah. happy to see her whenever. You think he he's wants. charging yeah, the family true. full price? Definitely, dude. Like, no, he's losing money on the family, right? Like, I think he's using her as like non-paid advertising. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. like to the other kids at school. Yeah, but like maybe. you gotta earn. She that gets money. all stoked on the fish, goes to school, tells the story. My uncle's a dope dentist. Tim and Nick don't fuck with them. Maybe if you go to him, he'll give you a fish. Yeah, use my promo code. DisneyPlus.com slash Finding Nemo. Everyone try it right there. Uh, of course, Darla. The whole point of this is that uh, Nemo's going to play dead so he can get flushed on the toilet. But Darla, Darla starts shaking it like a psychopath. So Gil sacrifices himself so Nemo can jump down the drain uh, by landing on her. Uh, he gets shot out of the volcano and lands on her head. She's like, what's going on? And then Gil's like, go, Nemo, find your father. I don't know if that's a line in there, but in my brain, that's how it went. <laughs> and then he jumps down. He jumps down. By the way. I have a Joey. This is for you. Okay. I have I'm a morbid scared. fear of that spit thing. I don't know why, but like in the that dentist, you're gonna get sucked into it. In the dentist, I don't like it. I think it's gross. I don't want to touch sorry. it. Isn't I don't that like what, a Isn't that the thing you were like saying? Mm-hmm. People pee. No, he's scared of. He's scared. No, of the he's talking about the trays tray. with like the tools on okay. them. I'm not That's scared of the silver tray. You think people pee on the silver tray? I'm confused yeah. on where people pee in your the mind. Silver, okay, let's back up. Let's dial this back. <laughs> dial this back. <laughs> dial the silver back, tray yeah. that he puts out there reminds sure. me of a bedpan, which people pee in. So I was trying Got to make it. a joke that people pee in the silver trays. It didn't but work. They can't flat. all be gold. It's flat. The little spit thing <laughs> in the dentist's lip. office I thought grosses me out every single thing. time. Why? Well, you probably could pee in that. I mean, the dentist oh, wants yeah, you, you to sit could. on it and pee. Yeah. Oh, sit on it. You would sit on it. You would sit on it. You guys don't sit down to pee? Let's move on. <laughs> no, Andy, Nick. I don't know who to be mad at in this. <laughs> I'm just so mad. I'm so mad. Like, the Nick, could you see how we didn't understand the comparison of the silver trade to a bedpan? Because they look fucking nothing alike. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Listen, guys, we're riffing. This is jazz. This we're riffing. Jazz we're jazzing here, baby. It's beep, boop, bow. Tommy Newman. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, of course, as uh, as Nemo goes down that little drain, uh, Il- Gil says the words that he said before, all drains lead to the ocean once you get through the water treatment facility, uh, which I assume, again, this scene was maybe they were going to do this where Nemo had to get it. It doesn't matter. They just cut for time and for budget. He just pops up a little air hole later. But, of course, before that happens, Marlon thanks Dory for her help, but he's super defeated, and he tells her it's over. Nemo's gone, and I got to go home. But Dory begs him not to go away, and this is the heartbreaking says, No one's Good ever stuck with me as long as you. I remember things better when I'm with you. I look at you, and I'm home. 
I mm. don't want that to go away. I don't want things to go away. And Her voice Marlon, breaking, phenomenal <laughs> performance right there. So good. So got a fact for you here. Filmmakers were worried that comedian Ellen DeGeneres would not be able to perform the dramatic scene where Dory begs Marlon not to leave. So at the end of the day of recording the other scenes, they asked her to record a trial reading of the scene with the intention that she go home uh, with a recording of it to work on the performance. Uh, uh, DeGeneres agreed, but her trial reading was so heartfelt and emotional that apart from a, a few small edits, they used this take in the final cut of the film. Wow. Good. That's, That's really, really good. good. Uh, of course, it does not work on Marlon because he has a cold, dead heart, as most fish do. Yeah. Uh, he says, I'm sorry, Dory. Uh, she says, but I, he says, but I do. Meaning, I want this to go away. I don't as, want to as most, this. As most fish do. Huh? <laughs> I can't remember if they're cold-blooded or not, Kevin. I don't understand <laughs> fish. Uh, Nima pops up the air vent valve and spots Dory, who he doesn't recognize, but she happens to be swimming right by. And that was with this, uh, con- I think what it was Andy you were talking about. Uh, coincidences, how you don't like that? Or was that Kevin? It was, that was Andy. That was Andy. Andy. Yeah. It was one of those where I was like, wow, she just happened to be buy this massive thing. But you know what? I'll buy it because I want the story to have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. She, uh, she says, I'm, I'm lost. And he goes, it's okay. I lost. Or she, he, say, he tells her that I'm lost. And she says, it's okay. I lost one too. Excuse me. Sorry. Let me back up because this is a good part. Uh, she says, I'm lost. And Nemo looks at her and says, it's okay. I lost someone too. Can we look together? I'm Nemo. And she goes, Nemo? That's a nice name. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dory spots the name Sydney written on one of the, on the pipe leading from away from the, the treatment plant. And, and then it pops back to her and she realizes P Sherman 42 Wallaby way. Sydney. I remember I was with your father. Let's go find him. He went that way. Uh, she asked some crabs if they saw Marlon, but man, these crabs are crabby. And then, so she's like, you know what I'll do instead? I will threaten your fucking life. I will feed you to the seagulls above if you don't tell me. And they capitulate fast. Uh, of course, they catch up to Marlin. And the two have a very heartfelt reunion, uh, which is cut short, unfortunately, when a fishing uh, boat above throws a net down and scoops up Dory along with a bunch of other fish. And Nemo, of course, Nemo knows what to do. He says he has to tell all the fish to swim down together, which he learned in the tank when all of the fish in the tank helped him swim down once he was poked, which we went, when the, the dentist tried to grab him. Um, and uh, let's see. Okay. He says, I can do this. And then Marlon says, you're right. I know you can. And this is the part where he starts really believing in his son's independence. Marlon tells all the fish to swim down together. Don't give up. Just keep swimming. And the collective force snaps the yard arm above, freeing all the fish, uh, including Nemo, who's knocked out at first, but it's otherwise no worse for the wear. And he says, hey, guess what? So traumatizing, though, when you see him under the net and he's just there and they they just have this happy reunion. And (sighs) of course, I mean, like this, this is one of those 10 out of 10. This is one of the best movies ever made moments. Like it reminds me a lot of the end of Back to the Future, where everything is perfectly timed that every, every scene that we've had in the movies leading to this moment of him having to do it perfectly to cross the line so we sent back correctly and with this every single line of dialogue from both Mm -hmm. storylines combined to be this perfect moment because when we first see them get caught by the fishermen i was like i don't know that we need another big thing for them to overcome and like the way that they do it is so smart so quick and so effective 10 well you do you need it because you need that resolution between the dads like doubting his son's independence and nemo like he nino needs to show him and his dad needs to like recognize that and accept it which i think is good and of course it's punctuated with this line where he says hey guess what sea turtles i met one and it was 150 years old and yes that great little and line. it hits so well yeah really <laughs> good uh, of course uh we cut to a little uh, later that year i guess i assume time for school yet again this time 
Marlin is bright and cheerful and learned how to tell a joke. Uh, Dory gets dropped off by her new shark friends from their AA meeting, and Nemo uh, takes off for class. Before he leaves, he rushes back to give his dad a hug. He says, I love you, Dad. And he says, I love you too, son. Now go have an adventure. The end. Or is it because the fish in the tank finally escape? And it's fucking hilarious because once they all roll out into the ocean, they're like, huh, now what? (laughs) <laughs> they can't get the it's a and then the credits keep really going funny. for a long ass time. We see them. That's I never knew that before. Oh, I never knew that either. I didn't. I didn't watch the rest of it. They just they're just in there. Yeah, I just watched it. They're just swimming around and stuff. But that's funny. We see Mike Lebowski. It's that's shocking for some people. Lebowski. Mike Lebowski. The big. The big Mike Lebowski. <laughs> the big like Mike what Lebowski. Was his name? What was his name? Wazowski. Wazowski. I was close enough. You know what I mean. Yeah. I love I like Kevin came in hot. What was his name then? Like y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't that I was saying he's wrong. It's more of a like, fuck you for bringing it up. You know what I mean? Like I was trying my hardest. <laughs> you know I was trying my hardest. Like don't, music. don't fucking ask me why I thought those little pans were bed pans. Just go with it and we'll, we'll move on. No one cares. We matter. couldn't go with something we didn't understand. Seventeen was in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret and haikus don't need to rhyme haiku in review haiku in review you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form just like travy nix did a new submitter if i've ever seen one father loses son surrounded by crazy fish next time don't touch butts mm-hmm. a lesson we there should all go. learn here kind of funny the next one is from Grant Burton. Nemo is a fish. Add some salt, and he's delish. But that fin's a bitch. <laughs> and then, of course, it wouldn't be Haiku in Review without miscellaneous writing in the plot in Haiku. Marlin and his bride. Clownfish baby genocide. But Nemo survived. Gotta touch the butt. Just to show his dad what's what. Oh, shit. He fucked up. <laughs> Sharks go boom and flee. The jellyfish shocked Dory. Turtles reach Sydney. Now the end is nigh. Marlin searched from low to high. Every time I cry. I cry. Oh. <laughs> really Too good. damn good. Too damn really good. Very, very good. All right, Andy, hit me with some of that ragu bagu. Nick, it's on your computer, not your phone. Ragu. Phone, phone, phone. Bagu. I changed over my phone, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys over at the Pixar Universe. Here are the rankings so far. Lotsa from Toy Story 3. The Prospecta slash AL. I think it's either AI or Al from Toy Story 2. Noosewater and Randall from Monsters Inc. is number four, three. three. Oh, this didn't work out well. Uh, Hopper from Ants, number four. Woody and Sid from Toy Story 1. And then uh, rounding out the list is Gabby from Toy Story 4. Where do we want i don't know if this i guess the dentist but like they're really the little antagonist here it's mostly just marlin's like the barracuda sure (laughs) barracuda massacre the family the family (laughs) massacre barracuda like a mass murder you know like darla though yeah maybe darla but barracuda maybe darla i guess darla and the dentist are really the they're the ones that at least incite the incidents right I love how interesting this is where we've re- reviewed a whole bunch of movies that didn't necessarily have a bad guy. But, like, I think this might take the cake for being the one that, like, the bad guy really is just characters' beliefs, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Because that's really because like Marlin is kind of is kind of the protagonist and the antagonist in this, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the real main source of the conflict to come. He needed to change. Is, yeah, I mean, it was yeah, he needs fear. to change. He needs to accept that his kid. There's that one moment where I think it's perfectly put when he's talking to Crush, where he's like, "How do you know?" when it's time for the kids to basically leave yeah. the nest. And he goes, I never know, man, but I tell you what, when they know, they'll tell you. Um, such a good little line right there. A lot of those good little <laughs> moments. And I think that like Marlon, you know, Marlon does some shitty things here. He's kind of a, he needs to learn, he needs to grow, and he does that by the end. Having said that, though, I still think Darla is a psychopath. So I'm going to say Darla and the Barracuda, which sounds like a <laughs> dope-ass band. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it sounds like a movie or something. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, my gut, I, I put it above Hopper under the Monsters, Inc., Combining all the different elements of danger that they face, and yeah, Marvin being the, the bad guy as well. Okay, you're put, I, you're I, I, I still think that. it's lower I, than that. Yeah, I think it should be one lower than which. Does that make it to the bottom? Let's see, Hopper, and then it goes Woody, Sid from Toy Story One, and then Gabby from Toy Story Four. Okay, yeah, I would put it uh, right under Hopper because I feel like Hopper was still okay. like he was anti, like he was Menacing kind of like. And- yeah, menacing. He was and an actual like, villain. Yeah, messing with all of these people too. Like it's a whole little society. It. Thank you. Cool. Well, there you go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The uh, <laughs> the list as it stands right now for Ragu Bagu picks are Lata from Toy Story Three, Prospector and Alf from Toy Story uh, Two, uh, Number Three, Newswater and Randall from Monsters Inc. Number Four, Hopper from Ants. Number Five, Darla and the Barracuda and Marlin and all the other stuff from uh, from, from Finding Nemo. And then Number Six, Woody and Sid. Toy Story One. Number Seven, Gabby. Toy Story Four. There we go. Now it's time to rank the Pixar movies. Actually, before that, I, I need to do the Pixar theory from the nanobiologist. Uh, there's a recurring theory that every single Pixar movie is connected in some way. Here's the big deep dive red string everywhere theory for where Monsters, Inc. fits into the big picture. Finding Nemo. The, uh, yes, you are correct. The dots are starting to connect here. It's an evolution of a point made during a bug's life. Uh, remember how I mentioned that all the bugs seem to be very evolved with what longer lifespans, more strength, and easily able to communicate with other species of bugs, like with a common language. That shift of intelligence could have started before the Earth became too polluted, leaving bugs as the survivors. We see here that these fish are hyper-intelligent, specifically Dory. They're able not only to cohabitate, but also can survive in other ecosystems that are not familiar to them. Uh, Plus, how could sharks just be fine with not eating fish? They're aware of what they're doing, not only for survival, but for social reasons as well, in ways that humans are aware of. Dory, while having short-term memory loss, is extremely intelligent and maybe the most advanced fish we see. She can communicate with mammals and can read English. No other fish we saw can do that. Uh, What if this is the start of the evolution of monsters that begin to appear or help make up the population several thousand years in the future, like we see in Monsters, Inc.? Mm -hmm. And this is just one taste of species other than humans not only understanding humans well and quickly, but adapting quickly to ecosystems that they should not be able to in the first place. So things are starting to get a little bit more congealed in this weird ass theory sure, sure. Mm-hmm. is there sure. is there any talk about how mike uh wazowski, wazowski. Up, appears there <laughs> lebowski i said, I no. said wazowski. is he mike just Lewinsky. in the credits as a as a easter egg i don't yeah. i don't even know what yeah you're i mean about. he is but yeah he is he just swims by i gave you the time code tim you can go find out you can go find out for yourself but yeah he just swims oh. swims by gotcha i'm not gonna cool. pull up the movie right now right, uh that's crazy th- tim I believe Kevin. Gotcha. Gotcha. I believe in Kevin. Uh, it's time to rank the, well, by the way, I watched physically. So Kevin, it's a bigger deal, but uh, number one, monsters, Inc. Number two, story, toy story, three, number three, toy story, two, number four, toy story, four, number five, toy story, number six, a bug's life is the current rankings. Who wants to start this off? I mean, I would say here, here's how I would say this. Cause I, 
the question to me is, is it better than Monsters, Inc.? I think this movie is really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think it deals with a lot of real shit. I think it's got great laughs. I think it's just like, like Tim, like you were talking about earlier, it's just cut and dry, very, very well-made film with, with not a, like really no, no, like they've trimmed all the fat on off this thing, man. It is just a sleek, good film. And I think, I think it might be, I think I like Monsters Inc. better, but I think if I'm being critical, Finding Nemo is a better film. I think I just like Monsters Inc. because I think it's more fun. Uh-huh. And I think the and I you know I love the Boo character. I think she's the most adorable thing anyone's ever created. Um, but I really think the way all the themes wrap up in this movie is just is just very poignant. So I don't know. I could go one or I, two for this. I want to say for me, I like Toy Story three more. But I like isn't the same as like I'm in the same boat where I think like trying to be as critical as possible. This movie is it's so strongly written. It, I, it could go either. Like this is, I'm already in a difficult position where it's like. Do you think top? Three? Is this above? Yeah, definitely top three. Is this mm. above Monsters Inc? Like that's day to day, and like today, right. I would say that yeah, Finding Nemo. I think for me, hits a little bit harder than Monsters Inc. I feel the same way. I think I like Monsters Inc. more, but I think this is where Pixar really starts to refine the like mm-hmm. the emotional resonance that they are really known for, more so than. I mean, I guess they also do that in Monsters, Inc. 2 with all the Selene. Yeah, it's hard, right? This is a rough one. This is tough. Yeah. Um, Any given Sunday. I'm going to go with how I normally vote, which is like, which movie would I rather rewatch more? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think this movie is just so well-written and kind of like perfectly paced and stuff. Um, But I enjoy Monsters, Inc. more. Mm -hmm. I enjoy Toy Story 3 more. I enjoy Toy Story 2 more. As a movie, just rewatching it, um, and a lot of that has to do with the cast of characters, the quippy lines, the the funny moments, you know, all that sort of thing, all, all that sort of stuff. So I would put this at number four below Toy Story Two. Yeah, for me, I'm closer to Andy, where I would put this at number six uh, above wow. A Bug's Life, with, but under all the rest of them. But it's only because I think that. A Bug's Life is a step below the rest of these, but I think the rest of them are as close to the 10 out of 10 conversation as possible. And the Toy Story story just is something I connect with so mm. ridiculously hard. Not to say there's not many things uh, in Finding Nemo and Monsters, Inc. that that is true with as well, but uh, that, that cast of characters and the way they tell the story always just hits me so hard. But yeah, I, I would, I'd put it there at number six. And man, I... We're eventually going to get to some that aren't that great, but fuck, this might be some of the, the greatest yeah. movies of all time on a, on yeah, a th- list. Yeah, again, this is going to be the, this is going to be like our Marvel list where, you know, whenever our Marvel list kind of gets posted on the internet and people say, they're fucking crazy. How can number 10 be worse than number six? It's like, dude, I mean, the top 12 movies of Marvel, I think, are just all so interchangeable because they're all, all so amazing. And I think that's going to be the same thing with this list where, However, you're feeling that day, and whatever thing you did most recently that really emotionally affected you, affected you. How is that going to impact your viewing this most recent totally. time? Yeah, totally. So, time to vote. Who thinks it's better than a Bug's Life? Raise your hand. Everyone raises their hand. Who thinks it's better than Toy Story One? Raise your hand. Everyone but me. Who thinks it's better than Toy Story Four? Raise your hand. Everyone but me. Who thinks it's better than Toy Story Two? Raise your hand. Everyone except me and Andy. Toy Story Three. Same thing, Toy Story or uh, Monsters, Inc.? Mm, and, see, Andy brings up a good point. He's like, which one would you rather watch again? 
I think I'm going to drop my hand on this. I think I'm going to put this at number two. Kev is the only one that would put it at number one, which means the new rankings are number one, Monsters, Inc. Number two, Finding Nemo. Number three, Toy Story 3. Number four, Toy Story 2. Number five, Toy Story 4. Number six, Toy Story. And number seven, A Bug's Life. Next week for In Review, we are doing, oh, God. We're doing Balls of Fury uh, in Mortal Kombat In Review. (laughs) (laughs) So that is happening. uh, But that will be the second one next week. The next Pixar movie is Incredibles, The Incredibles, which we will be doing on Monday, and then yeah, I've later never in the week. seen it. Really? Uh, wow! Yeah. Oh, exciting times. Exciting. Exciting. But until then, just keep swimming, everybody. <laughs>